In this episode, renowned chiropractor and osteopath Trishel presents ideas shared with his dear friend and colleague, Steve Davison, a fellow chiropractor and psychoneuroimmunologist on how to fix any pain online. Remember to subscribe and follow Trishel on all socials at Trishel Vardy. I hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm very excited to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, Steve Davison. Steve is a psychoneuroimmunologist. So uh, I believe that makes him a very fascinating clinician, to say the least. Uh, Steve's first degree was in immunology. Then he went on to obtain a degree in molecular biology and then further to study a degree in chiropractic. So, Steve, welcome to my show. Well, thank you, uh, Trishul. It's been uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, how are you? you I'm good? very good. I'm very good. How are you doing at the moment? Yeah, not bad. I've just been out this morning and uh, I've been sitting in the sun. Got a bit, uh, I can see I'm a bit red, but it's all good. Still looking vitamin D. Still vitamin D. That's it. <laughs> well, Steve, let's get right into it. So first of all, I'm fascinated. You've studied all these degrees. What made you study all of this stuff? Oh, well, um, I, I t well, in, in the terms of immunology, I was looking for, um, I suppose I was looking for a direction to go. So this would have been about 17, 18. And I came across a, uh, a magazine, which was a Scientific American magazine, which said, and I didn't usually go to the science magazines, actually. I'd normally go for the sports, but um, it just hit me. And it said, life, death, and the immune system. I always remember it. And that issue is still available. It's in the 90s somewhere. And I picked up this magazine, and it was all a scientific American uh, uh, publication, all about the immune system. And I just, I was on the train. I was in a, I was in a railway station. So on the train back home, I read it from cover to cover, you know. And at the end of the train journey, and it was about 35, 40 minutes, and I'd skim through all this information, and I thought, I've got to, I've got to study this stuff. I've got to, you know, I, I must go to, to uni to. And I didn't know if anyone did immunology. So if I'd never heard of this subject on its own, you know. Um, and I did some research and ended up at uh, King's College in London and studied immunology. Brilliant. Absolutely fascinating stuff. And that led you on a journey. That was the start of this whole journey that you've, you've gone on, which I've, I've met you more towards the end of this journey, which has been amazing to see where you ended up and almost summarise all the years of learning and experience that you have. How did you get to where you are now then? In terms of what I'm doing now, yeah. Uh, well, it was I'd had a brush with well, so, so I was I finished my degree and then I was uh, my original plan was to do a, a, a PhD at, in molecular genetics up at Cambridge, and I was on a PhD program up there, and I realised that I wanted to study chiropractic, so. A year in, I got enough data to write up for what they call an MPhil, Master of Philosophy. I worked very, very hard, and chiropractic. One year, been that's, in my that's life. a lot. That's amazing. One year you did that in. Yeah, one year I worked like wow. crazy. Um, you, you have <laughs> cool. to. Yeah, I did. I was in there. I was in the lab um, pretty much night and day, really. <clears throat> but anyway, I had this interest in chiropractic, and because, because earlier in my life I had injured my back. And I'd seen the chiropractor and it really helped me. And, I, and so I had a decision at that, at that MPhil stage. I've got the MPhil and I thought, well, do I carry on in science, you know, with my pipette, uh, you know, really sort of a gene jockey, as they used to call us? Um, or do I make the switch to more 
I guess you'd call clinical based uh, endeavors, you know, and I was very, uh, and I was, I was very um, switched on by chiropractic at, uh, at the time and still am. Um, and so I studied, I went, I went for it and studied chiropractic. And then after that opened a chiropractic practice with my wife and it went from there really. And so my sort of dual loves are, is immunology and clinical medicine, you know, how, how do you apply immunology, the, you know, the, the academic side of immunology, let's say, to clinic, a clinical setting. So that's what's, that occupies a lot of my thoughts and my time, really. Well, I know the, the conversations we've been having in the last uh, few weeks and months has led us to, to why we thought, well, I thought this would be a very powerful uh, session to, to share with my audience. So, you know, we've been talking about psychoneuroimmune responses in the body and how that works. And, you know, I think we, you and I have come across this whole method of, yes, we've got chiropractic in the traditional sense of everyone knows the hands-on treatment. But if we go to the fundamental principles of what it's looking to achieve rather than the application of it, you know, we're still in line with that. How have you found the, uh, the combination of your lab experience the theoretical knowledge that you've gained from pre-chiropractic to the practical application of your chiropractic knowledge in your business and then where we where we've been now which is really fascinating for me if we could share that that would be great yeah well i think that um with so so for example if you're a medical doctor everything every every ailment looks like a drug doesn't it because that's the way you've been trained you know whatever it is um, you know, whatever syndrome, disease, whatever it is, there's a drug at the end of it. Um, and you know, it's, it's the old saying is if you've got, if you've got a hammer in your hand, everything looks like a nail, doesn't it? Cause you just want to keep, and I think that's true of chiropractic as well. You know, you're trained to diagnose and be very, very interested in musculoskeletal, uh, syndromes and which is great. And, and that, that's really, really cool. But a lot of the time, what, it, what occurred to me in practice uh, as I went on, I realized that although people were coming to me for symptoms, of course, and I was treating them mechanically, so mechanistically, which is I was, I, I was we call it adjusting, so I was adjusting them, I was manipulating their, their bones and, and so on, massage and all the rest of it. I came to a conclusion quite early on that most of this stuff that was coming to me was being generated by the way they were processing the world. Um, and what would happen, of course, is if you really dug down deep at someone who has got a persistent musculoskeletal problem, assuming there's nothing underlying, in which case obviously they'll be referred out, um, usually if you dug deep enough and you knew where to go, you would find a, how can I say, an emotional reason for that problem. A reason often, by the way, that they didn't know themselves. They didn't know it themselves. And wow. so once you mine that, or once I started to mine that, uh, I realized that if I then implemented uh, treatment, conventional treatment, then they would it would resolve very, very quickly. So um, that was a big realization for me. And then I suppose in a way I thought quite arrogantly, I thought I was alone in this thought, you, you know what I mean? I thought, well, goodness me, this is, this is just me. But reading it, when I started to read around, I remembered, by the way, you know, psycho neuroimmunology. When I studied immunology, psycho, which is the brain, neuro, so the way the brain connects with the body is through the nerves. So psycho, 
brain. Neuro is nervous system immunology, which means basically the way you think uh, influences your immune system, your immune response. And that's, you know, when I first studied immunology, this was out on the, on the science, you know what I mean? It was, all, it was a little bit left field. But, there's, but now, absolutely not. This is mainstream center science. We absolutely know for sure that the way you think affects the immune system, it affects your endocrinology, it affects your physiology, and so on. So once I started to realize, so once I realized that a lot of this was the way my patients were processing the world, and I tied it up with psychoneuroimmunology and then went and started to research other people who had made the same connection, then it became a very fascinating and exciting um, thing to explore because potentially, and this is my now, this is my belief all these years later, that every disease, every disease starts uh, in the mind, usually in the subconscious. We've buried um, many years before. And that's a bold statement. I cannot prove it. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence to point that way. Um, there's a lot of research going on around that, although much of it not, not very well funded because, of course, that sort of research doesn't ultimately give you a drug at the end. And that's, that's the biggest problem that we have, is unless you're recommending a drug that, you, that one can sell, you know, there's no... Um, or there's very little funds for for research but anyway you can be sure that so much of the things that ail us in this world in terms of mental and physical stress come from the subconscious the unconscious mind so my whole raison d'etre now really is to uncover protocols which is what i do a lot of that get to that, resolve that buried emotional issue. And once we get there, then whatever is ailing that person has the best chance of healing, whether it's a musculoskeletal syndrome or indeed anything else. So how, how can, um, you know, people like me, you know, people like you and me who know how powerful these protocols are when, you know, I've used them on people and they've been used to their normal traditional physical adjustment. But when I've done it in this virtual space, they've gone, you know what, Trishul, yeah, you know what, it feels like you physically have adjusted me. And, and, and it was a positive response because they were having all this trouble. How can people like you and me get that message out, get people to understand, you know, the works that you've kind of guided me to look at, which is, you know, Dr. John Isano, his kind of work, which is all about this sort of stuff as well. Yeah. How can we get that application of that? Because it's so powerful, it's so useful. People need this. Even people who don't realize they need it, they need it. You know, how, how can we, what would you like to see happen? Oh, goodness me. Well, that is a very good question. I think that until we, I, I think it's happening, the, the, I think we're going against, um, so for example, if you go, we're, we're chiropractors, right? We, we train as chiropractors. Now, in the early days of chiropractic, this was a brand new paradigm. You know, the fact that you went and got, got your bones sort of um, adjusted was very, very, often very difficult and even sometimes in this country in the uk you know it's difficult for people to what are you what are you going to do you're not going to how what, what's that you're going to crack it you know, you know all these conversations so what you're looking at is a paradigm shift i think um and the only way a paradigm shift gets changed is if i guess you have charismatic leaders who can articulate what the shift is and why we're going there um and number two if the message keeps getting put out there without trying to dilute it 
I think sometimes you've got to use metaphors and you've got to talk to people in a way that they understand. And by the way, a lot of people are in denial about uh, what's going on in you know the subconscious mind and stuff that we've buried. And some people are not. Some people go, "Oh yeah, mate, I tell you, I'm you know God." If you went down to my basement, you know, my, in my mind, you'd find all sorts of skeletons. So some people are like that. Other people are like, no, nothing, no, nothing wrong with me. That one, you know. So I think that because it's a paradigm shift, all that we can do is keep offering the connections, the scientific evidence. You mentioned John Sarno, who's now no longer with us. He, he, he finally died, uh, I think he was about 93, 94. Um, he was a great savior for me when all this stuff was going on, you know, when I was making all these sort of connections. I came across his work uh, he worked at the New York Medical Center for many, many years. And originally he was in accident and emergency or ER, as they call it over there. <clears throat> and then they transferred into um, like musculoskeletal uh, medicine. And so a lot of his work was not in the beginning because he was a trained doctor. He realized he wasn't getting any, the results that he should have been getting. And it was frustrating for him. And then he made the connection that a lot of these things was... Um, psychoneuro in nature and in his world because he had theorized that the mind was creating syndromes in this case musculoskeletal syndromes sciatica back pain neck pain uh, headaches fibromyalgia and all the rest of it the brain was creating these things to to distract the person from the underlying emotional issue that was so painful that if it came to the surface, it would threaten um, that person's equilibrium. And so what we realize with the brain is the brain is not there to make you successful. It's there to keep you alive. So that goes back to in, in evolution. You know, its only function really, its main function, if you like, is to keep you safe, not to keep you successful or have you, you know, uh, have your dreams come true, nothing like that. And so if it, if it, um, deems that there uh, there is a danger from the subconscious of an emotion overwhelming the person which and perhaps that person exploding with anger or crying or acting in a way that was not socially conventional because that's very very important for our brains particularly the neocortex because it's it's very very uh, mindful of social norms politeness uh, morality, civility, and all of these things that we that we uh, you know tie into polite society. It's very very mindful of that. Well, of course, the the subconscious and the unconscious mind, and the, and the sort of the young brain, the lizard so-called lizard brain, it doesn't care about any of those things. And so you've got this tension between the neocortex and you know the the the, the lizard brain where the lizard brain wants to explode and the neocortex won't allow it. And so you've got this push and pull. And so what we tend to do as human beings is we'll suppress a lot of emotion that we've had. Um, and when that is detected, often that it's going to overwhelm us, the body, this is Sano, the body then will distract us with a pain syndrome or an illness. Mm. Um, and he has, he has lots of theories about why that is. Um, but he found, I mean, he's got thousands and thousands of case studies about this. And so when I found him and his work, it was a revelation to me. It's like, whoa, <laughs> someone I, I else. Feel, 
I felt the same way. It was literally when you recommended this, his works, and I was reading through it, it was like a, a key that unlocked this whole universe. And I say that, you know, that's a profound statement, a universe. It literally, yes, that agree. combined with, you know, just you talking about this paradigm shift is just making me think about even the works of fellow chiropractors like John, uh, sorry, Joe Dispenza, you know, people like him have been working in this kind of work for some time. Maybe his own experience of his, of his uh, injury he had. And even people that we all know, world famous people like Deepak Chopra, who comes from a medical background as well, you know, things like that. It's, it just amazes me that we, it's not, enough, it's not mainstream enough yet still, even though you say it is mainstream still. I think it's like, wow, people still don't quite fully get it. They kind of, it's not this woohoo, oh, it's just in your head. It's, it's like I say, it's actual science. It's, it's black and white and the results are, are something else really. Yeah, I think you make a good point. This whole business about there's there's a bad rap around um, the idea that it's all in your head. Do you know what I mean? You, and that was that goes back years. Oh, it's just all it's in his head. It, it, everything's in your head. That's the only way you can process the world. The only way your nervous system, which controls everything, can make any type of decisions, is because of the way you process it, and you process something. So something will happen and your brain will process it. Whatever, even the, the most menial, stupid thing to a big thing in your life. It happens, the brain processes it and gives it meaning. And the meaning it gives it is according to the personality that you have. So the personality, if you like, is almost like a strobe that comes down in front of a light. So, if, or a filter, let's, let's call it a filter, maybe is a better example. So. As the filter comes down uh, over a, a light source, you'll get different patterns, won't you, projected, according to what filter you use. Mm -hmm. Well, so it is with the personality. So the personality is the filter the brain uses to give whatever it is that's happened meaning. What does that mean for me? And so you get two different people that will have the same experience, the same thing will happen to them, but because of the filter they're using, they'll come up with a different meaning. Now, and this is where it does get interesting because the meaning that you give it then will be in neurological form and the only form that the uh, nervous system can use is electron communication. So it's electricity. That's, what, that's what's going on up here. So the way nerves connect with each other is just like wires in your home. They're just electrons moving along uh, a piece of myelin, you know? So... Okay, I've given it meaning, that turns into a signal. And then the signal in the body, this is where the neurology and the physiology intersect. The physiology has to respond to the neurology. And the way it responds is through peptides, is through proteins. So it starts to make proteins in, according, in accordance, I'm sorry, with the meaning that we gave that event. So for example, if we decided that this event is extremely stressful, then the Physiology, the neurology will take his, this is a stressful signal, we'll start making stress hormones, cortisol, whatever. These are peptides. Uh, um, and we'll start upregulating some genes, downregulating other genes. There's a whole cascade of physiological, at the, at the molecular level, physiological uh, happenings going on. Just because we gave an event a particular meaning. And so to say thoughts are things is absolutely scientifically sound. Whereas years ago, it was just considered, um, you know, thoughts were, not, thoughts were not things. 
You know what I mean? They were not things. Mm. And that thinking has gone on so long that we still, you know, people still think that today, that thoughts are not things. Oh, what you're saying is in my head. That's the other thing. You know, you're, to the other, you're saying it's in my head. Everything's in your head. You know, get over it. Everything is in your head. So, um, so yes, and, and so one of, the, one of the work that I'm interested in is, you know, how do we decharge emotions or get, see, here's what sense, this is Sano's work. Sano realizes as soon as you get something from the subconscious or the unconscious and you bring it, because you imagine an iceberg. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're aware of. This is our rash, and this is the sea here. You know, we can see the iceberg and the sea. That's what you see. That's what we're aware of. That's, you know, we can interact with our surroundings. I'm aware of you, I'm aware that I'm talking and so on. And just under that is a pre-conscious uh, level of the brain. And that's thoughts that we're not quite aware of, but we can bring them in if we, if we want to, like almost like a, you know, an actor going into the wings and bringing on another character. We can come and we can do that. And then you've got the, the unconscious, which is this the part of the iceberg that is completely under the sea. And these are things that are there and we have absolutely no idea that they are there in the, sub, in, in the unconscious. But the stuff in the unconscious is often, well not often, it is driving our actions in the real world. And we don't even know it. So the, the work that interests me uh, is two, twofold. One is dragging the repressed stuff from the unconscious into the conscious. As soon as you do that, you decharge it. And I don't quite know why that is. John Sarno found the same thing. As, so, as soon as people realize that their musculoskeletal syndrome was just their body's way of distracting them from unhelpful emotions like rage and anger and grief and so on. Once they accepted that and their conscious mind looked at it, brought it out to the light of day and said, oh yeah, the syndrome started to go away. So there is something about bringing it up from the basement, if you like, into the, into the living room. I'm mixing metaphors here, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's something about that that is very, very relieving and decharges a lot of the stress. That's number one. And number two is what, how can we uh, consistently change the filter? Remember I said the personality is the filter mm -hmm. that gives it meaning. And I think it's Joe Dispenza. You mentioned Joe Dispenza. I think he's said uh, in the past that your personality will dictate your reality. And I absolutely agree with that. And so a lot of my work also, I'm very, interesting in, I'm very interested in Carl Jung's 12 archetypes because I believe that each and every one of us are channeling, if you like, or using one of those archetypes most of the time. And the reason we choose a particular archetype almost in the way that people wear clothes because of their body shape. I think we choose a particular archetype to, as our personality because of our emotional profile. It fits quite well with all the stuff that's in the basement and the tension that's going on with the neocortex. Um, I think once you change that relationship and you change the emotional profile, I think that the person then is freer to channel a different personality type. Carl Jung identified 12 main archetypes, and I think we're all channeling most of the time one of those. Now, 
Steve, if I was someone who's just listening to this, who has no scientific background, and I'm listening to us speak and thinking, well, these guys all sound very clever. It's all well and good. It all makes sense. But so what, you know, how is it useful for me? What can, who, who needs to, uh, what can you help with? Who needs to see you guys for this sort of thing? How effective is it? You know, all that kind of stuff. How, what, so what? I guess is what you know, they're kind of thinking, yeah, that's great. So what? Well, goodness me, that is a, that is a very broad question. Well, it, it really goes down two pathway, two pathways. One pathway is the physical manifestation of what's going on in the brain and how you're processing uh, events and how those events relate to your unconscious. And that might sound a little bit goopy, but just bear with me. So how you process gives it meaning and you may be experiencing physical symptoms. I don't care what it is, whether it's pain, whether it's uh, you know, uh, uh, a chronic uh, disease, uh, whatever, it, whatever it is, then you should very, very seriously consider. I mean, John Sarno said that you can't get to the bottom of a, uh, a problem that's the core of which is in the brain, which they all are, with a treatment that doesn't go there, i.e. a treatment that deals with just the symptom. Right. So in this case, I've got neck pain. So the neck pain, fine, I can I can treat that. But if I don't get to where it's coming from, it will reinvent itself somewhere else in the body. So if you've got any physical symptoms, not just musculoskeletal, it could be reflux, it could be fibromyalgia, it could be IBS, it could be, to be honest, I would give anything a go with this. Um, and so if you if you've got that or you know someone who uh, has those conditions, then you should explore the psychoneurobiology component to the disease. That's the one thing, that's, that's actually physical. And then there's the other path, which is, um, I call it the success pathway. And the success pathway is all to do with wanting to, to get to, to where you wanna go. Now there's two in life. There's two ways to get to where you want to go. The first one is, um, or, or there's two reasons that people don't get to where they want to go, in my, in my opinion. The first reason is they lack strategy. And the second reason is if they've got the strategy, and sometimes they don't have the strategy. The second reason is mindset. It's always mindset. And it's how you're processing. I'm here. I want to go there. I've got these things. So I'm here. I want to go here. I've got these things between me and wherever I want to go. So I want to sort of do this. A big component of whether I do it is mindset. Because, and now mindset, by the way, in my opinion, is governed by all of the stuff that I've just said. It's brought you to a place in your life where you have got certain opinions about certain things. And those opinions, those meanings that you're giving to certain things lead to neurology, lead to chemicals, lead to feeling, lead to physiology. And so you, so you keep coming stuck because it turns out that most of us think the same thoughts over and over. So 80% of the thoughts you thought today, you thought yesterday, the day before, the week before. And so you keep repeating a pattern. So if you're lacking success, I would also explore the psychoneurobiology, which is impacted in that, is how you're processing the world and how you're giving things meaning. And I guarantee you, 
you're giving things meaning because of stuff that is buried in your unconscious. And so I would say to anyone who is looking to uh, minimize uh, physical manifestations, you know, pain and so on, and someone who's looking for more success in their life, to explore the psychoneurobiological um, connection. Uh, and I would obviously recommend the work that uh, I do and uh, you, know, you do, Trishul, which is the new, we call it the New Truth Protocol which gets to this connection. Now, the, the new truth protocol is something that will give you so much relief in your life in all sorts of areas. But if you're looking to reduce illness and you're looking for more success, then you have to, in my, in my humble opinion, and from my clinical, not only clinical experience, but also experience working with entrepreneurs, because that's what I'm doing a lot of the time now, people who want to get on in life. Um, if you crush the mindset thing, people just take massive leaps. So they used to say it's all in the mind, and that used to be a derogatory term. Like, oh, it's all in the mind. But the fact of the matter is they were right. <coughs> Excuse me, everything's in the mind. But if you get it, and we're never going to be perfect, but if you get your mind and your uh, body in sync via the neurology, goodness me, you'll see things take off. Wow. I mean, that was, I mean, I want to end on that note because that was amazing and mind, mind opening on so many levels. Uh, Steve, look, you know, you're always just so generous, generous with your time. So uh, on behalf of my audience, thank you so much for being so giving today in both your time and expertise. And I know I really appreciate it and you've added so much value. So thank you so much. No problem, Trishul. Take care. You too.